0: What a joy to be in the house of the Lord today. God, as we lean into your word, Father, would there be a real sense of freedom, a real sense of you working in our hearts and our minds. God, thank you that you call us. Thank you that you love us. God, would joy explode from this building today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please, uh, before you sit down, turn around and say to someone, Merry Christmas, wonderful to see you, how's it going? <laughs> you were great there. I th- don't need laughing now, just east, yeah. Perfect, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I would put it this one, then the people can kind of see us. Perfect. That's all. Thanks, Matt. Well, it is wonderful to see everyone in church this morning. Uh, who's having a good time? Give me a cheer. Brilliant. It is my absolute pleasure this morning uh, to welcome uh, Nicola Bass, uh, who was going to kind of... Uh, we've been doing this series called Jesus Is, and it's been wonderful. Last week, we had Faye and George, and uh, is, uh, is Max here? I wonder. I don't think he is today, but... But I was laughing with Max. You know Max. Uh, Max was the one with a uh, big moustache last week. And I was laughing last week because Fern George was sat here and Max was sat there. And it was obviously November. And I was thinking they've kept a straight face the whole service. It must have been hilarious. So I was laughing with Max. So this morning we're going to continue our interview series. Um, really we thought it would be handy to interview Joe and I as part of the series. So I'm going to hand it over to you. We'll take a seat. Off you
1: go. Okay. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having us. It's such a joy to be with you. So, I thought, well, I heard about this interview thing where we thought, well, let's have a bit of fun. And I hear some of you are here for the first time. So, getting to know your new senior pastors uh, is, you know, what we all need a bit of, isn't it? So, I have four questions. <laughs> are you ready? Only four. Yes. So, my first question if you can keep it fairly snappy, because I think we've got quite a lot to get through today. Um, quite an important one. Okay. Why are you passionate about Jesus?
2: Mm. Thank you. Um, why I'm passionate about Jesus. He saved me from a life that would have been kind of pointless, I suppose, and gave me purpose. And, um, for that, you know, what more, what more can you say really? He saved my life. Um, but also kind of the biggest revelation I've had about what it actually means to be a Christian, what it means to have Jesus, you know, with us is that there's always hope in Jesus. So, you know, in whatever situation we're in, you know, there's, there's, there's hope for, to bring us through, to, to take us on onwards and upwards. Um, so that's what, you know, we cling to is our, is our hope and our strength.
0: That's a good answer Joe. So uh, just what Joe said really, just want to affirm Joe in that, <laughs> hand it back. Uh, and I would say as well that I think with Jesus, I think it's a, it's a sense of transformation and really wouldn't try and talk about this today but how he just transform someone, all of us in fact who uh, were on a collision course with hell really weren't we and how he came and intervened and set us on the right path. And I've never met, and, and how Jesus is love. And I think the moment you say yes to Jesus, there's no, there's, there, I was talking to some new people today about this, it was amazing, that sense of condemnation is not there, it's a real sense of acceptance. And I've never met anybody who's exaggerated God's love for us, um, and I think that's so much room to play in.
1: Okay. You might be taking on the, the leadership of the church, but like everyone else in this room, you will have had... Uh, you have gone through different experiences in life. And so this is a really open question. But what experiences in your life have, have shaped you? Good,
2: bad or ugly? Good to get to know you a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually just deleted the document that i would written all my notes on. So that's great. <laughs> um, but, um, there's, you know, there's many many things that have shaped us into who we are but I think um for me growing up um, in a Christian home being taken to um Christian kind of festivals uh, summer festivals and experience really, really and truly experiencing Jesus and his Holy Spirit moving and, and working and that has really shaped you know who I am and what I long for 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 the church really to experience Jesus in all of his uh, glory and power um
0: I think um, I think loads. Obviously, all sorts shapes all of us. I think the biggest thing that shaped me. Was encountering Jesus, um, and and really uh, in that moment, that, it was a, it was a moment, but it felt like ten years. In that moment, when it, he met me in a field, I've shared before when i have spoken on Sundays, but it was like um, in Act Nine, the Bible talks about Saul on the road to Damascus and how he um, really had a, a meeting with Jesus that changed his entire future. And it was a bit like that. There was a real collision course where I felt like there was a personality transplant. There's a real sense of acceptance, a real sense of here's what I want for your life. And in that moment all my sins kind of washed in front of me, but also, so did the real need to think I've, I'm desperate to create spaces where, it's like a real formative moment, where people can encounter Jesus in the same way. Um, so everything we've done from that point, everything, I would say, has been about creating spaces where people can encounter Jesus in a relevant way. Because we can all do amazing activities, but if Jesus isn't capturing someone's heart and changing them... Then, then there's little, I don't see much benefit, I think it's about that, that capturing and restoration so everything from that point, all the jobs we've done, locations we've lived in has been about how do we uh, c- clearly communicate and clearly set kind of areas where people can come in, worship or can be told about Jesus for those moments of transformation is
3: that fair?
1: Okay now, brutal honesty now what is most daunting to you About stepping up and leading the church from
2: today. It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, We've chatted a bit about this, and I think it's always difficult to come into a situation where you you know you're asked to lead, and where there's already cultures and mindsets set. So, you know, that's that's something that's quite daunting. You know, how do we um, shepherd people and bring people on a journey with us? Um, And also, just I suppose time for our family. You know, how do we? make sure that we're protecting our time because you know with a full-time job and, and the kids and everything we just want to really make sure that we're protecting our family time in this journey as well so
0: I think mine would be that the obstacles that are in front of the church at the moment don't um, don't allow us to miss out for the opportunities that are to come and I think we, we, I think it's been four weeks that we've kind of been you know looking at where we're going as a church um, there's been a real sense of um, Excitement, but also with that comes a real sense of people saying, is everything changing, and you know, lots of questions and insecurities. And I think I'd encourage all of us to say, actually, we've got a real opportunity here to to carve something wonderful out for, for all of us. Not just that two people say, this is our party, come to it. But actually, how do we release you guys to say this is a party for Teesside? So, um, And I think don't allow the insecurities to get in the way of the opportunities. I think that's, that's, what, that's my biggest fear, that we would. Because we can just mop around and we can just say we've got loads of issues. We can just say this is what's happened in the past. But actually, if we're not going to go and chase the future, that's my biggest worry for us. Um, but also the biggest opportunity.
1: So. Okay, thank you very much. I did ask for brutal honesty. So that, there you got it, church. That's, that's great. And, and, and lastly... What are your hopes and dreams for every individual sat here and maybe those who live around and about Teesside? What are your hopes and dreams for for these people?
2: Um, I suppose like I shared earlier, you know, that real meeting Jesus and in, in transforming your life. So my hope and dream would be for each, each person here for us to create spaces where people really and truly meet Jesus and, you know, where... Where he's given the freedom to transform our lives um, so that just yeah, we can create those spaces for people.
0: Yeah, creating spaces. And I think creating spaces with friends I would love all of us to be, to be best friends. That's my hope and ambition for this group of people here. we become best friends who are committed to a purpose. And because of that, we see side explode. People saying, what the heck is going on with that group of people? And I think we've got to get it right with each other. And, um, and so, so creating spaces. And the bigger we go... So so we are going to grow as a church, but we don't want to leave anybody by the wayside the smaller we go. So we create small, you know, where you live, perhaps we plant churches or we release people or we invest in people. And I think it's, it's investing in big people. We want everyone in this church to feel like if, if Nicola and Dave visit any given Sunday as a random spot check... They'd say, do you feel supported? You'd be like, supported? We are cheered, we are celebrated, we are resourced, we are backed, we are visited, we are loved, we are prayed for. We would love that to be our natural answer. Um, so that's, that's the aim.
1: Can I join your church, please? <laughs> I love that vision for your lives. Thank you so much. So what we're going to do is, uh, I think... Is okay. Yeah. Okay, so Dave's going to just open the Word of God, and then we'll move on through to kind of commissioning you guys officially. But thank you so much. Okay.
3: Um, good morning. Um, I was looking at that, and I thought, no, it's too sh- I'm It's a bit low, <laughs> so I'm going to nick music stand um, as. Um, You may know, uh, my name's David, and we have the privilege of leading Life Vineyard Church up in the north, very northeast of England. Um, And um, I'm just so thrilled to be here. It's been wonderful to journey with you over the last number of months. Um, One of the core values of the vineyard movement is the scriptures. Um, We just love the authority of the scriptures. Um, The book that we just read every Sunday that we teach from it just is the truth that we can, set, we can build the foundations of our life upon. It's, um, it has the power to change us. I love that song. It's ages since I've sung that song. Formers, shapers. You shapers. Know, and the scriptures have the power to do that, to form and to shape our lives. And so I thought I'd give you an example of how the scriptures can form and shape us to begin with what I'm going to say this morning. And that is one, from one Thessalonians. I've actually said it. I always struggle with saying that name. 518. And it says this Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of us give thanks in all circumstances? Um, it's a bit of a tall order. So, what about 90%? Uh, do 90%? Can, do we give thanks in 90%? What about 50%? 50 50, you know, every other day we're quite thankful how thankful are we to God? How thankful are we to God in our lives? You know, is it 0%? Never. We just really don't thank God for the things in our lives. Or 100%, you know, we're just so aware of that life transformation that these guys shared about as they were interviewed, of what Jesus has done in our lives. You know, what would happen if we really did give thanks to God in all circumstances. What would happen? Well, thankfully, um, some scientists have done some research and can tell us what happens. So here's some secular research about what would happen if we put that Bible verse into kind of action in our lives. This is what they say. An attitude of gratitude upgrades your hormones from oxytocin to cortisol. And your neurotransmitters, including dopamine and serotonin, recent data suggests gratitude provides behavioural and psychological glue. Oxytocin is associated with promoting the glue that connects adults in meaningful relationships. It goes on. The pivotal 2003 study on gratitude concluded: a conscious focus on blessings. Isn't that an interesting phrase for a secular piece of work. Of research may have emotional and personal benefits. This renowned study recommended using gratitude exercises as an outright psychological intervention, meaning that the subjects actively state gratitude in writing on a routine basis. It continues. Gratitude interventions have been shown to result in improved sleep more frequent exercise, stronger cardiovascular and immune systems. Specific brain regions are affected as long as three months after expressing gratitude in writing. In a randomized trial, gratitude writing improved mental health in a university-based psychotherapy practice at four weeks and at 12 weeks compared to control. If we give thanks in all circumstances, which is the story God wants to write in our lives, we have better relationships, better mental health, stronger immune systems, stronger cardiovascular systems. Basically, our bodies are designed to live out the truth of the scriptures, to live in God's story. That one verse, give thanks in all circumstances, For this is God's will, God's story for you in Christ Jesus. That's one verse. Imagine if we put all of the scriptures into practice in our life. You know, God's story is different. It's a different story. It's one of life and hope. It's a story that at times it does feel hard to live in the center of. It requires choices. It requires change. It requires each of us to look into ourselves, into our hearts and into our minds and ask the question are we living God's story or are we living some other story today's a good day I just love the fact that the sun was blaring through that window it's a new day it's a good day it's a day to be grateful it's a day to be thankful it's a day when we recognise that winter is finishing and spring and summer are just around the corner The promised land, if you like, is just across the river. Today is a day of choice. It's a day when each of us decides what story are we going to write in our lives and in the life of this wonderful church. Is Teesside Vineyard going to be a church that gives thanks in all circumstances, that has an attitude of gratitude, as those researchers called it? Is Teesside Vineyard going to be a church that tells God's story in a world that is lost, hurting, and more in need of Jesus than ever? Now, Elijah and Joe are called to lead this church. But every one of you has the power to influence the culture. To personify, to live out the scriptures in your life. Every one of you has the opportunity to write God's story in this church and across Thornaby, Teesside, and beyond. What story are you going to tell? What story are you going to speak out? James reminds us um, of how powerful our words are. And this is from the message version. It's from James chapter 3. It only takes a spark, remember, to set a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. But the opposite is true. A well-placed word can bring hope and life. With our speech, we can build up the world, transform the church. From chaos, bring harmony, and we can honor those around us. And James in chapter 2 says this. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. The great privilege and responsibility of each of us, you and I, Elijah and Joe, all who lead in the life of this church, all who call this church home, every single one of us have the responsibility to write God's story in this church, and to tell God's story to this broken world. As I was preparing this, I was te- intensely aware that what we are focusing on this morning is what Elijah and Joe are about to step into, being commissioned to lead. Is not just an organisation. It's not just a gathering of people. In a space like this, it's actually the body of Christ. It is the bride of Christ. You are the bride of Christ. Now, there is a great responsibility in leading and being the bride of Christ, but there's also a great provision and a great protection in leading the church. Christ loves his bride, warts and all. He loves his bride. And he'll provide for her in ways beyond our imagination. Today is a new day. It is a new day. But it's also a day of choices for each of us. It's a day when we remember the significance of who you are. That you are the bride of Christ. You represent Jesus in this world. Through what you say and through what you do. When, um, I, on my wedding day, I was stood at the front of church waiting for 12 and a half minutes for my bride to turn up. I've since learned that actually that wasn't very long. But um, but there we go. It felt an age. And then she kind of turned up and she started to walk down the aisle. And I saw her dress. And I saw her hair. And I saw her beautiful face. I know. I know. Softie. Um And... I could have waited all day for that moment. It wouldn't have mattered how long I would have waited to see her walk down the aisle. I honestly believe that this church has the potential to be a stunning example of the bride of Christ. And Jesus is inviting you to become a radiant example of his church to shine the love and the power of Christ to all who look on. You know, in a few minutes, we are going to commission Elijah and Joe. But actually, we'll also be inviting you to recommission yourselves to the mission of Jesus. And in that moment, you have a choice. Are your words and deeds going to build up this church and change the world? Are your actions going to demonstrate your faith in Jesus? Are you going to join together to make this expression of Christ's bride radiant and beautiful? This is a new day. It's a new story. It's a new chapter. However, many metaphors we can think of, it's a new opportunity. You can write a new story in the weeks, months, and years ahead. What is going to be the story? Teaside vineyard. You know, throughout God's word we see such examples of profound truth, and more not more so than in the journey into the promised land that the Israelites took. Um, but like everything, the Israelites, it was not simple. Um They had a habit of falling out with each other. They had a habit of going astray, of ignoring the guidance of God. And that led to some difficult moments and some poor choices. Now, I believe Elijah and Joe are called by God to lead this church into a new season. And I know the story they believe. We've just heard the story that they believe. The story of hope and expectation. A story of health and growth. A story of multiplication and kingdom expansion. And this is God's story for this church and for you. But just like the Israelites, we have a choice. You have a choice about the story you're going to write and the story you're going to believe. Because there is always two stories that are competing for our lives. There's God's story. And there's the story the enemy is telling us. Numbers 13. Some guys had just gone off into the promised land and were coming back to report what they had found. Verse 27. This is what they reported to Moses. We went to the land where you sent us. It really is a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's some of its fruit. But the people who live there are strong. And their cities have walls and are very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the mountain region. And the Canaanites live among, along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and all along the Jordan River. Do you see the conflict of stories? It's great. It looks amazing. But just look how strong it is. Look how strong the people are. It's just too difficult. There's too many obstacles in our path to get into the promised land. There's that battle going on. But then we hear Caleb, Joshua's best mate, um, stands up and he shares God's story. Caleb told the people to be quiet and listen to Moses. Caleb said, let's go now and take possession of the land. We should be more than able to conquer it. That was God's story for the Israelites. But then it batters back and the other story starts to be amplified but the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They're too strong for us. So they began to spread lies among the Israelites about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored is one that devours those who live there. All the people we saw there are very tall. We saw Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, are Nephilim. We felt as small as grasshoppers, and that's how we must have looked to them. Do you see the battle for God's story? We face that same battle in our churches today, in this church today. Do we believe that God's church is the hope of the world? Do we believe that, that this church is the hope of Teesside? Do we believe that the church can grow and impact the communities we serve? Do we believe that? Because that is God's story that is what he says about his church or do we believe a different story a false story and if you know this story we know the outcome they didn't dare to cross the jordan and they wandered around the desert for 40 years and the only two who stepped into the promised land was joshua and caleb Joshua is one of my heroes. I just love him. I could speak about him all day long because his story is just wonderful. God is so faithful to those that obey him. So faithful to those that build his church and tell his story. Nicol and I planted Life in Church just over 11 years ago now. We were 29 years old. And we didn't have a history of church leadership Some would say we hadn't got a clue what we were doing. We had a team of four adults, which included us, and three children. And that was it. It seemed insane. How on earth could this work? And I remember driving back from Newcastle, well actually Washington, I'd been to a job interview at a school in Washington. And I worshipped for three hours to one song. I don't know if you've ever done that, where you play over and over again this song, because it's more than just lyrics. And this is the song, it says this, If you say go, we will go. If you say wait, we will wait. If you say step out on the water, and they say it can't be done, we'll fix our eyes on you, and we will come. Something in my soul shifted in that three hours. These weren't just lyrics to a song, they were my prayer. In fact, they were my declaration what God was going to do. If you say, go, God, we will go. If you say, step out on the water, Jesus. Even if people say it just can't be done, it's just not possible. You know, what you profess to believe God will do in this city, it's just not possible. How can four adults and three children plant a church and build a church that transforms the city? It's just not possible. But we'll fix our eyes on you and we will come. It even makes me quite emotional just to think of that three hours because it's transformational. That's our story and it's your story. Moses had passed the baton of leadership to Joshua. And again, the Israelites found themselves on the banks of the River Jordan. Are they going to trust God? Are they going to believe his story of the promised land? Or are they once again going to believe a false story and turn into the wilderness? And we read Joshua 1, and this is God speaking to Joshua. And this is what he says. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This was God's story to Joshua. And this was God's story to the Israelites. And Joshua did lead God's people into the promised land. They trusted and obeyed God, and God was faithful, and he was with them wherever they went. But this is your story too. This is a word of the Lord to you in this moment. At this crossroads, do you turn towards the wilderness or do you trust and obey? I know there's been discouragement. I know that. I know there has been hurt and probably is still hurt. Maybe even a little fear of what the future might hold. But Joshua was discouraged also and he was afraid. Why else would God have to turn to him and say, do not be discouraged and do not be afraid? And I think that's what the Lord is saying to you this morning don't be discouraged and do not be afraid because God is with you wherever you go. And in that moment, Joshua decided to not let his past story or his present circumstances, feelings and emotions define his life. The only thing that was going to define his life was God's story for him and for the Israelites. What's going to define your life and this church? Is it the past Is it even the present, or is it God's story for this town, this city, for you guys? I'm sure there was loads in the Israelite camp, just like before, that said it couldn't be done. But Joshua helped the Israelites fix their eyes and go on God, and they stepped in the water and took the land. There's a, for me, this is, one of, this is one of the best bits of leadership in the Bible. He gathered all the Israelites together. He looked them in the eye and he said this Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua 3, verse 5. Set yourselves apart. Fix your eyes on God. Prepare your hearts and your minds for the battle. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow we will see God's story. Tomorrow we will do amazing things among you. Elijah and Joe, I really do believe God is saying to you both that He has given you the same call as Joshua to lead this people into the promised land. And no matter how discouraged you might feel at times, no matter how even afraid or anxious you might feel at times, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid because God is with you wherever you go and he will make you successful as you trust and obey him. And to you as a church, he's saying this, consecrate yourselves, turn your hearts and your minds and fix your eyes on God. Let go of the past and how you might be feeling at the present and instead fix your eyes on the future on God's story and make it your story and he will do amazing things among you let your words and your deeds tell God's story together as you journey into this new chapter it is a new day but it is a day of choice It's a day of decision. It's a day of deciding what story your life is going to tell. In a moment, um, Nicola's going to just lead us through the commissioning part of the service. But then at the end of the service, we're going to take communion together. And that's going to symbolize a number of things. Of course, it's going to symbolize what Christ did on the cross for us. But it's also going to symbolize the invitation to write God's story. In your life and in this church, and I'll come back to that in a moment, Nicola.
1: Okay. So today is about the commissioning of Elijah and Joe to lead Teesside Vineyard Church forward as your senior pastors, and as as uh, they said earlier, we're here as area leaders from the wider movement, and um, today we just rejoice with you at what the Lord is doing and just so you know we also have regional leaders who oversee the Midlands, the North and Scotland, Rosie and Andrew McNeil and they've been kept informed about um, your journey and they've been involved in the invitation to Joe and Elijah to now lead in this way. And your trustees have given their time and their prayerful consideration behind the scenes on numerous occasions to serve the church and to appoint senior leaders. And um, we will be present with Joe and Elijah as they move forward. And also we've put in place to help them, um, Ron and Joe, who are retired vineyard pastors who now live in Sunderland. And there are various Area events, national events, and various connections that Joe and Elijah will benefit from. See, we are all part of a much bigger picture, and it's really, really wonderful to be with you today. Uh, You may not have been to our commissioning service before, so just quickly, I just want to explain why we're going to do this today. So, why do we commission senior leaders to lead? The act of choosing and appointing and setting apart through the laying on of hands today. For certain individuals to perform specific functions on behalf of the church, it's a biblical one. So that's what we're going to do. And in this act of commissioning Joe and Elijah today, together we acknowledge God's call on their lives to lead in this way. We recognise their call to Christian leadership as they lead here. And recognise a sense of focus and calling that they're going to fulfil among you and in the community of Teesside. Today is also about the confirmation of character and competence to lead. Elijah and Joe have demonstrated a faithful track record here and elsewhere in different ways, serving the Lord and serving others. And their lives and their character are worthy of respect and fellowship. And God ordains leadership. Elijah and Joe's leadership will be built around the health of the church. The title of Senior Pastors comes with a set of expectations and pressures that Joe and Elijah are now going to journey through. And the role that they play is about you. It's about equipping you and serving you in a way that leads to expansion and to kingdom growth on sides. Their roles will focus on bringing health to the church and they will work alongside each one of you, as they've said so beautifully already, to, to serve together in a fantastic community. And this is the start of that role. You're going to need to be full of grace as you encourage them and you support them and you serve them and you love them. Praying often for them and their gorgeous family. Praying for their connection as children to their Heavenly Father as they are going to be praying for you. Pray for them for wisdom. Pray for creativity and vision. Pray for boldness and courage as they lead before the Lord. The New Testament attaches special importance to what we're going to do today. Following an age-old tradition of laying hands on leaders. Paul wrote that the reason he left Titus in Crete was that Titus might set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city. This thing has been happening through the church since it began. And the church authorises these pastors to counteract false teaching and teachers. You can read about that in 1 Timothy and Titus. And to safeguard the sound doctrine that's been entrusted To the church's keeping. It's an important role that Joe and Elijah will have before God to watch over the church. And I know they take that seriously. And lastly, today is a moment of God's empowering, a moment of recommissioning of the whole church. It's great to have the very youngest and and all of you here. This is a recommissioning of the church together, commissioned to go make disciples of all nations i going to read a short, uh, just a few verses from 1 Peter 5, and then we'll get Joe and Elijah and maybe their boys to join us. It says this, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. So, are we ready? Joe and Elijah, would you guys like to just come step up and face this gorgeous church? If, uh, I think some of the kids groups have, uh, have come out. You're very welcome. If you want to see better and you want to come around here, there's plenty of space. If you want to. If you want to bring your kids... <laughs> I'm going to ask Joe and Elijah some questions and uh, and they will respond we will I'm reliably informed. Here we go. Wonderful. Okay. Father, we thank you for this special moment. And we just welcome your presence. Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh on Joe and Elijah in this moment of empowering and sending? Thank you for them. Thank you for their hearts of worship and their life that they commit to, to spend in serving others in this in this moment. Thank you for them. Okay. So, there's quite a few, and then we will. Okay. So, Joe and Elijah, you've been called by God to work within the family of the vineyard as servants and shepherds among the people of Teesside to whom you are sent. Will you set the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd always before you as the pattern and model of your calling, caring for the people God commits to your charge? Will you proclaim the word of the Lord to preach and demonstrate the good news of the kingdom to call men and women to submit to the King? Jesus, in repentance and faith. Will you promise to heal the sick, cast out demons, to feed the hungry, look after the orphans and widows, to demonstrate Christ's love for the poor by loving them, touching their lives, meeting their needs as the Lord gives you grace. Will you lead your people in worship and prayer, to fast and intercede for them, to offer them love, mercy, acceptance and healing, and will you teach and encourage your people by word and example to bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus we will. In the name of our Lord and Master I want to remind you of the greatness of the trust now committed to your charge Will you be messengers, watchmen and stewards of the Lord Will you teach, admonish, correct, rebuke and feed the Lord's family Will you train God's people for the work of ministry so they are equipped to serve the living God in a variety of places and ways? Will you always remember with profound gratitude that the treasure entrusted to you is Christ's own flock brought through the shedding of his blood on the cross? Will you always remember that the congregation whom you are to gather and serve, are one with him, they are his body. And will you serve them with joy, build them up in their faith, and do all in your power to bring them to loving, consecrated, costly obedience to Christ. You cannot bear the weight of this privilege and responsibility in your own strength, but only by the grace and power of God. So each day, will you ask the Lord earnestly and humbly to fill you with his spirit? Will you ask that he will enlarge and enlighten your understanding of the scriptures so that you may grow stronger and more mature in your ministry as you fashion your lives and those of your people on the word of God? Will you seek the Lord to give you direction and wisdom from on high as you lead the people of God? big promises, aren't they, church? We know that you have weighed and pondered all this and that you are both fully determined by the grace of God to give yourselves wholly to this work and to devote yourselves to him in order to fulfill this role. 1 Corinthians 15 says, therefore, my dear brother and sister, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord Because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. We're going to take a moment now to just to lay a hand on these guys and to pray for them. So if you are uh, part of the church, and we'll start start this way. If you are are a leader in the life of the church, or Joe and Elijah have been speaking to you about leadership in some way. Would you just come step forward and, and just lay a hand on them and we're going to pray for them. So yeah, come. Come on, don't be shy. I know there's lots of you. That's great. Wonderful. Great. That's it. Wonderful.
4: Father God, we thank you for this moment, and um, although it's kind of an organisational formality, Lord, we don't underestimate what it represents in terms of um, us Saint to to you and saying to John Elijah that we we are supporting them, we are behind them, Lord, and we, we ask for your blessing to pour down on them and their family as they step into this role, Lord, and just... Look to you, God. And I pray that as the the leadership of the church, we would be right behind them and and help them and empower them where we can and step in to help them out when we can, Lord. I just pray that you would help us as as leaders to to support their vision and and trust them as they lead the church, Lord, God. I thank you for them. Thank you for their, their hearts to serve. Thank you for their hearts for people. And I pray that you would bless them mightily as they do this for all, Jesus. Amen.
5: When Moses first got the commission to lead the people out of captivity into something, into God's promises, when things were great, God was amazing. When things went a bit bad, Moses copied. Father, we pray for protection for Elijah and Joe. Father, we pray, Lord God, that, that as they seek to lead, Lord God, we know that there will be times when, when things are not right. We know, Father, that, that we cannot be absolutely on it all the time. And, Father, I just pray, Lord God, for protection. And I pray, Father, that we would be there to hold them up in prayer. Father, that when they are finding things tough, Lord God, as, as, as Aaron and her held Moses' arms up in the battle, Father, that we will be holding them up in prayer. Father, we pray, Lord God, that great things will happen. Father, we come against anything which would stop that. We come against anything which will get in the way of of you having your will in their lives and in our lives. Father, bless them. Father, keep them safe. We just ask in Jesus' name.
1: There might be others of you, but we'll just keep, keep praying, just keep praying. Others of you, and maybe children who are friends with the boys, if you want to just come. But we'll just have a bit of a, a scrum now. So if you've come as friends, if you're, you know, part of the church, come on, let's come. Come pray, lay a hand on them. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this moment. Lord, we. Well, I pray for enlarged vision. God, that you would give them dreams. Holy Spirit, you would fall afresh. Thank you that you've called them and we pray for a special anointing on them now to lead your people. Pray for deep, deep wells of time in your presence. Pray for that, uh, that family time, God, that they would have a time that is just focused on being a family. And Lord, that they would carve out, especially Jo, in the, the busyness of being a mum with these little boys. Lord, would you help her to have time and space to worship you, to draw deeply, and to give to your people from an overflow of her heart. Come, Lord, more.
3: And Lord, I just pray that you would um, just enlarge their vision. Lord, would you um, release those dreams that have been maybe buried or pressed pause upon, that they may see that the hopes and the dreams, the vision that they have, would be realized among this people and among those that are yet to join this people and among this town and this city. Lord, would you give them just, just amazing expectation. Lord, would you give them a gift of faith, Lord, the, would you give them the spiritual gift of faith in this moment, that they would see beyond any obstacles and they would see with faith what you can do and you can do alone. Lord, would you just release them into all of the gifts that they require now, Lord. Would, you, would they have a tool bag that just gets multiplied in this moment, that they'd have all of the tools that they need to, um, to mend and to heal and to restore and to set, this church on the right trajectory. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for their courage. I thank you that without any gain, they're willing to lay their lives before you to serve this church and to serve this town. And for that, Lord, we are just so grateful that they are such a gift to this church. And in this moment, we just honor them for that. Yes, Lord, more. Increase your presence, Jesus. Increase your presence. Release your spirit upon them now.
6: Father God, I just want to lift up Jensen and Levi and Hudson to you, Lord. Lord, I just, um, Lord, I pray you would give them a ministry. I pray that you would give them a vision. Father God, I pray for their futures. I pray for their salvation, Lord Jesus. I pray that that their names would already be written on your heart and your hands, Father God. I pray that they would radically meet with you early in their lives, Father God. I pray that that um, the testimony, the living testimony of their mum and dad and of this church, Lord, that we would that we would um, just. M- inspire them to run into an adventure with you father god and i pray lord jesus for um i pray for for the children of this church lord jesus i pray that that they would wrap their arms around these three young men lord jesus that they would be lifelong friends father god i just pray that you protect them and keep them father i pray that they would have an authentic and real relationship with you lord jesus and lord i just I just really pray, Father, that, um, that they would never feel that this was not part of their journey and their plan, Father God, for their lives, but that they would always see that this was your best for them as well, Lord Jesus. Lord, I, I just I really pray for them as a family, Lord. I pray for the impact that they're going to have on us, Lord. And I just pray that as a church, Lord Jesus, that you would wrap your arms around us, Father God. I pray that you would heal us. I pray that you would grow us. And Lord, I pray that as we stand here today, Lord Jesus, all of us would be in you, Lord Jesus. That you would give us all a vision, Lord, for the role that you have for us, Father God. That this would be our story. That it wouldn't just be theirs. It would be ours, Father God. And I just pray that you would plant hope and promise in each of our hearts today, Father God. I pray that this would be a new season And Lord, that you would be at the center of it, Lord Jesus. Let it all be for your glory. Amen. Amen. Elijah and Joe, we talked a lot about journey today. And um, God's given me a picture of shoes. And I believe he's going to give you a new pair of shoes. And as you take the church forward... You're going to take it into his peace because you're walking in his shoes.
3: So, Father, just bless them. And, Lord, just um, give them the strength they need to do all that you've asked them to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well... We've not quite finished yet because um, this is not just about these guys or those that are in leadership in the church. It's about you too. It's about every single person who calls this church home. And I just felt strongly as I was preparing my talky bit um, that the way to finish today was to take communion, to consecrate ourselves ready for what the Lord is about to do among you. And so my invitation is this, is um, as we just come into land, and I wonder um, if it's possible to get Keith just to come back and just play just quietly while we um, do this. Um, As we take communion, yes, to remember what Christ has done for you, that he paid the price for your sin and he set you free and gave you eternal life. But also, as you take communion, to forgive those that may have caused you pain. To maybe say sorry for anything that you've done that might have caused others pain. To make a commitment in taking the bread and the wine to building God's story among this people and among this city. To let this be the time you consecrate yourselves, put the past story to bed and step into the new story that is lying ahead. Do you think we can do that just to finish? So I I know you do it maybe slightly differently, but today what we're going to do is, as Keith plays quietly, I want to really encourage you to go to the back table, take some bread, take some wine, and then either there or in your own time, just, just take communion and do some business with the Lord as you do. Set your lives upon his story for this new season. So Father, just bless us as we take communion now. Would your life flow through our bodies? and our minds. And might you set us on a new trajectory and a new story today. So in your own time, just make your way to the table and um, join us in communion.